Hey, Eric, how you doing? You like Thank that intro? God, it's Friday. <laughs> you like that or you want this? I don't want this. You don't like this? I don't this? want this at all, no. Grod, 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 grod. It's Friday. It is Friday. You don't like that? You don't like don't. my lyrics? I don't like anything about this. I just came up with those lyrics, Eric. Could you tell? I Thank disagree. God, I think you've been thinking Friday. about that all day. I just sat there going, grod, grod, grod. It's Friday. And it's grod. It's grod, grod, grod. Don't call sod. There you go, Eric. Boom. It's all good. This it's is all, all good, Eric. Ah, we're here once again on a Friday to talk a book Yeah, that is kind of An on the side. An book about it is the love. It Happy is Valentine's the love. Day, Jim. Yeah, thank you. Nobody ever said anything to me about Valentine's Day. Well, and I. Calm well, down, again, though, just like a robot, Eric, this house is not programmed for love. It is <laughs> not. There's no love box here. You got some uh, shitty robots over there. Yeah, we do. That's the problem. I'm going to have to figure out a way to make these robots realize that the love was within them all along. But yeah, we end up having one of these oversized books. Quite frankly, if we didn't have this, thank God it's Friday. I'm I'm pretty much, you know, bowing down to that. You're going to call that, uh, you know, I think that this might have more traction than the weird out loud. So I might go with it, though. I will still only label it on the podcast, as I did last week, DC Comics TGIF. People can figure it out from there. But we're here, and if we did not have the show right now, we wouldn't be talking about this book. We wouldn't have probably read it. Uh, These oversized books to us have ended up, and this isn't one of those things where we're just lazy because we are. But we also have read a million of these, well, and it's not for even the, the most fact part, that it's oversized. It's an oversized anthology book, which means you know a bunch of writers, a bunch of artists are going to come in for like six or seven pages and tell a really incomplete story that won't matter to anyone in the long run. I'm like, why bother half the time? And where I really wish what they would do, and I guess they'd say, well, you know, it's a Valentine's Day issue there, Jim and Eric. We're not going to really open up the vault with the monies and pay, even though monies is monies. But they're not. I wish that you would get some big creators on said stories. Now, in this, you're going to get some, you know, big connections, big things going on. I like most of these. Now, it's one of those. What usually happens with these anthology oversized deals with me and you is that we usually like one or two stories and the rest. And it really becomes a shit show, Eric. And we end up feeling bad at the end. Like, oh, well, there's another one of those. We often mention the idea of the writer's workshop things where you don't have enough page space. And then it seems like the whole workshop is to leave you hanging at the end. And I don't need that either. But this actually is better than a lot of the ones we that have we have. state for that right now. We don't need that any place Exactly. Else. I mean, really. And And so when we go into this, you know, it might be a bit, you know, sacrilegious if you're a DC <gasps> Comics fan, Eric, but I like this a bit more than the Swamp Thing anthology. I may even like this more than some of the big Wonder Woman, Batman, Detective, those sort of things. I had fun with this. I really did. And I think that they got some pretty decent writers on some of these stories. And I will tell you that we'll start off, Eric, with Batman and Catwoman in perfect matches eric that's a joke perfect matches How right dare you? and uh it's written by christos gage with art by zermonico right there i'm in 
Christos Gage wrote my second favorite Bizarro story ever, Eric. And Zermonico. read more Bizarro stories. That's, that's all I got to say. I talked to Zermonico, Eric. We didn't understand what each other was saying, but he's a good friend of Bruno Redondo. Uh, and back in the day, we talked to him a bit. And Colors by Romalo Fajardo Jr. and Letters by Tripatiri. And you end up getting a issue that, you know, I like shade. And it seems like it's kind of thrown. It's given a little nudge, nudge to the whole bat cat wedding. I don't uh, understand by, this whole shade aspect. They are acknowledging yeah. that this thing almost happened in Batman. What, like, how is this shade? We are That's going the with the continuity. And the people, thing is, I appreciate because Tom King right now with goes with that. It is. He says that they did. Now, hey, if we would have gone through our wedding, I bet it would have ended up exactly like that. And that's shade to me. And it's kind of a, a funny little thing where they're going to Maxi Zeus's wedding, and. You know, it's a wedding where all these villains are. Batman figures this is a great way to get them all in one place. I'm going to put trackers on them so I can round them up one by one later. He goes Crashing with Catwoman, the party. who Catwoman is the one who would be invited. She's bringing her plus one matches. Like, I don't understand why anybody's inviting Catwoman anywhere anymore. Everybody knows the relationship that Catwoman has with Batman. She cannot be trusted. Stop inviting her places and showing up with a henchman like Matches Malone. Shade, Eric. This shows that she's not known as that anymore, that they think that she has left him at the altar. That's why Batman always wins. And uh, they even like, oh, what's going on there? And then hanging out with the Batman. Nah, it's not. They seem to believe it. Shade. And I will tell you right now, these characters are all a bunch of dummies because you have Maxi Zeus on a yacht wedding. You have all these villains coming in to celebrate Maxi's wedding. And no one is actually pointing at the fact that Magpie is there when she should be dead. Well, that's true, Eric. But also... You have a wedding being thrown by a guy who thinks he's Zeus. I mean, really, he's, he's very extravagant, Eric, and, and he doesn't care. And so you're going with all this going down, and you get what we like in some of these stories that are just like thrown out there. Is where the I like the interaction. The cruise aspect is that that extravagant when you're thinking of a Maxi Zeus? Like, it should be at a, a penthouse on top of a skyscraper with freaking Roman pillars coming out and shit like that. Just, hey, guys, you're going to come on my. Godlike boat. All right, Max. What I believe is going to happen, Eric, is he's taken to his hidden island where he has set up his kumite, where back in the day the Batwing ended up fighting on. That was awesome. But uh, yeah, he's just there. He's having a cruise. He's out there, and and they're going to have some fun, Eric. He's walking around with his fake thunderbolt, his lightning bolt there, and and having Maxi Zeus times while they're having drinking contests. They're having all these things going on. Catwoman's whipping cigarettes out of people's mouths. Poking down fun. man's freaking yeah, mouth. Yeah, it's funny. And so what, what's going on, though, Max is... Max Malone and Catwoman are the life of the party. They are they overshadowing are. Maxie and his... Whoever he's marrying here, because we don't really get a good idea of who this woman is. Yeah, yeah, I think he's just kind of forced her into this. I don't know, Eric. That's pretty bad. But yeah, Riddler you is the one Hera. that figures things Tiffany. out. Whatever, yeah, Hera. Whatever. I guess the honeymoon's already over, Hera. I'm a little hard of herring. Is that oh. what he says? You end up where, you know, Riddler is figuring out the deal because Match has grabbed the cane. And he ended up finding a tracker on that. Now, with all this going down, the idea was, okay, you know, Matches is there. He's trying to fit in. Batman's trying to fit in. And Catwoman's like, let's go big, all this. Well, Catwoman's the one who ends up saving Batman. Another shade, maybe, Eric. That's not. But she ends up saying, oh, I I put those trackers on all you because they're really looking at Matches. And, like, it must be this guy. She's like, yeah, he's a dupe. I just had him come. I ended up putting the trackers on you through him. He did it for me because I was going to rob your asses. 
And this is the thing. They're all Makes villains. Sense. Yeah. And it's, it's when you first hear it, you're kind of like, well, why would they let that go? Nah, but that's the there. thing. I'll allow it. Yeah, they're they're all villains. I mean, the idea that they would be upset that Catwoman's not going to do what she's going to do, you know, so they're doing that. But I did like the reactions as they go through. <laughs> you have Scarface, mooded to rats, and they're well, all going to go That's even funny to me, the idea that, you know, everybody is like, okay, with the fact we've calmed everybody down. Scarface is like, mooded to rats. And yeah. I love in the background behind him is the rat catcher. And I just like to yeah, think that he catcher. is shocked. Yeah, really. He's oh, like, no. I wonder if there was a gasp. And I don't even think anybody got that. And so they're going to do this. Maxi is the one who can declare, okay, we're going to have trial by combat, which I thought. Yes, oh, Bill Blood I, in my name. Back to the Kumite, Eric. I thought they'd gotten to the island. But that, it's, that just meant let's just go at each other now. I am glad that we didn't get in the middle of this uh, kite man. Hell yeah. I'm very glad of that because I was waiting for it. Um, but yeah, Captain they're just Stingery instead going up against, yeah, you know, Captain Stingery. Stingery. again, somebody was in the Tom King run shade. I know, but you end up there fighting each other, whatever and, and matches. He gets lost in the shuffle and then Batman shows up and, Again, it's pretty cool. It's like, this is, riddle me this. This, this, this makes when me is it safer, so much the right? idea when Matches Malone gets knocked over the edge. Like, oh, no, no. Matches is gone. Nobody cares. But then as soon as he's gone, Batman swinging. It is classic, like, you know, superhero cartoon kind of stuff where you always have somebody leave and then they swoop right yeah. in. Oh, what happened to him? I already saved Matches Malone or whoever the person might be. Or even like when Clark Kent goes over the side of a building. Oh, no, Clark and the Superman. Don't worry, Lois. I saved Clark. Yeah, 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 really. I was waiting for Alfred to show up in, in the custom, but he ends up, you know, yeah, He's riddle me you. this. When is it safer to play with matches when the alternative's the Batman? I could have thought that was funny. Uh, and then you have I see Catwoman. Killer Moth there too. I don't know why Max would invite Killer no. Moth. I think or I the Polka Dot Man. He he just he just wanted presents, and then that's what I imagine up- too. He just put his you know the invitations far and wide to see who would RSVP yeah. and go on the wedding registry. And then you have Catwoman singing some Alanis Morissette as we end Isn't it where they're, yeah, they're on the rooftop saying, oh, man, luckily we didn't have that wedding. It would have ended up like that. Oh, and then, oh, sorry, sewer subject was almost like the too soon. And then it's it's verified in this. That doesn't really mean much. But Batman's saying, no, 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 we, we didn't get married because you want to be you. I'm going to be me. But we can have dates. And I like this idea. And I really like the idea that they go off and then later they'll have date night with Matches Role Malone. Date yeah, night. that's what I'm saying. Things are going to get dirty with Matches Malone. Well, that's They're the thing is, that is the one thing they really accomplished because Batman was initially there just to put trackers on everybody. And I love the way that the Riddler is portrayed here, like, you know, pre Flashpoint, you know, Detective Riddler, where he is sussing wow. everybody out about what's going on with Matches Malone. Hey, I found this on my cane about where that Matches guy went and touched it. Pay when I believe you'll find one in your you know umbrella over there. Son of a bitch, what's going on? I like the portrayal of that, and I also like that when we have Batman, he is trying to get Batman stuff done, but with Catwoman with him as his partner, they do take the time to screw on Maxie's boat. Yeah, yeah. And then later, like I said, they have the bad deal. influence Catwoman. Yes, really. But I like the idea where they can have that kind of you know, middle ground where, okay, I'll be matches will go off. If you don't do that many matches bad likes to things, be choked. matches, you know, he likes to get dirty. Matches he has likes, a foot fetish. It's funny. He's like, hey, and she says, so is there a rule that matches can enjoy a night out on the town sometime? And he says, probably, but matches isn't one to follow rules. He's a villain. And I hear villains go big. And then Catwoman went, no, no, no. I meant you. 
uh, big, Eric. She, she's how dare you? She's not throwing shade at him. He, he's not big. Oh. Uh, but yeah, so you end up. That's the end, and it was nice. I actually really liked it. I thought it was, it was really read. good. Yeah, I thought that was good. And we move on to the next one. That's bittersweet. It is Eric. It is bittersweet. By it's not Crystal, bittersweet. Written by Crystal Frazier. Art by Juan Bidone, Ulysses Ariola. I'm trying to read this. Marshall Dillon and Katie Kubert is the editor. I don't know why that ended up coming up there, but you end up, it's a Steve Trevor Wonder Woman story, Diana. So are they and trying Steve. to patch things up now? Because last time we saw Steve Trevor, he had bounced on Wonder Woman. Yeah, he bounced. I think that we'll never find out, Eric. Or maybe is this a maybe we well, Valentine's Day. Well, that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. If this was a say a Becky Clonan who's gonna be on the book, then maybe we'd be like, All right, we'll get that. And he is Steve Trevor is front and center in that, you know, infinite frontiers spread deal. But so is this it could more be more of a work capacity. I don't know. We'll where have to I? see, Eric. I'm, I'm not no mumbo-jimbo here. That's for later. So you end up where they're having their dinner, and it gets interrupted by the Blue Snowman. And Which is that's great a cool to reintroduce the Blue Snowman, this classic Wonder Woman villain and bring it in, because you have a woman who's in a gigantic, you know, armored snowman suit, a blue snowman suit called the Blue Snowman, and the idea that you had this whole thing where – it could have been really cool if it was actually handled in the regular Wonder Woman book in an actual serious way. But when you have to do it in a really compressed Valentine's Day issue, Blue Snowman comes in the wreck house because she is a snowman who's a woman inside a snowman. She doesn't know what gender she is. She has She's no gender true identity. Fluid. She yep. doesn't like Valentine's Day because if you're a man or if you're not a man or not a woman, how do you celebrate this? And when it all just comes down to the way to say, well, I'm gender fluid too. Um, it's, it's, I like Valentine's Day. You can do whatever you want. Well, gender fluid, that's a word I have to ponder on. Okay, everybody. I know it is wrecked house in here with my blue snowman costume, but I got to go think about things. Goodbye. I'm like, this could have been really interesting, like huge yeah. for the character and the whole gender fluid kind of thing. And I don't know why it actually comes off almost like a joke to me. And I don't know why they went this direction. Yeah. I'm pointing out, you're saying, uh, you have to know Blue Snowman was always a woman. So yeah. they, they end up using that as a pretty cool way to get to this point. But like you said, yeah, Blue Snowman just wrecking house, mad about Valentine's Day, destroying this restaurant, attacking Steve and Wonder Woman, and then realizing, uh, you know, flint, uh, gender fluid is a term. I didn't know there was something that described me. Okay, I'm going to go off and, and they let her go. But in the meantime, if you are here also for the Wonder Woman Steve Trevor part, y you get the same thing. We just had this. The idea that the lasso is around both of them. They're going to tell the truth. Steve feels like he's always left behind. This is exactly what happened in that run when he yeah. did leave because he said – I need time for me. When are you going to have time for me and you not just be Wonder Woman? She said, I can't give you an answer. I'm Wonder Woman. I can't. And so you, you just get the same thing. Even and the that's idea where that, you know, Steve wants to be emas emasculated in the idea where he's going to protect his lady love here, but he gets knocked back. Like, Steve, why do you always have to rush ahead like this? I can take care of myself. I know you can take care of yourself. You're always rushing off to go do it. So it's a back and forth kind of deal about what they're not getting out of this relationship until the end. Like, I really do love you. You are my <laughs> well, Wonder Woman angel. And while that's going on, okay. Blue Snowman is yelling, this is why it stinks. And that's why you should like almost like, you know, yeah, she's against the idea of Valentine's Day or they. Uh, but you have all this nonsense going on throughout that I just didn't, you know, when you end up finding out, okay, the gender fluid deal becomes the focus. 
And why was she trying more of a to kill people or- and bust up a restaurant because the stupid holiday? There's no one for somebody like me in this, and I'm like, it just comes off almost childlike in the example it's given. Though, wait, your snowman villain is a girl. Shut up. I didn't name myself Blue Snowman because I want to be called a girl. Sometimes I know I'm a guy. Sometimes I'm not. And it just – it doesn't feel genuine to me. It almost feels like a, like a jokey afterthought and, yeah, to I, add this I into agree. this whole thing. And then some passerby who really was probably just – And again, I think it's the waiter. Before, it could just be somebody else who's just even in the so, restaurant. Whoever it is, seconds before is dodging for their life, just comes over and it's almost like the uh, – you know, enter stage right and say, hey, by the way, they call that gender fluid. What? There's a term for it. I'm going to have to put. No, no, no. You're going to ponder that in jail. Hey, can we call this <laughs> a you think you are. I have a lot to process. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, See uh, Snowman. Yeah. I kind of just wish that they would have said. You this could have been join- really you cool wanna- and a real story, a real arc and done something with it. Yeah. I wish they. Hey, you want to join us for dinner with both of us? Yeah. Well, we all have a lot to process. She's like, yeah. And plus, I look like Bailey. Eric, because that's who she looked like when I saw her. That's Bailey. Uh, but yeah, it ends then. Of course, then. In these things, it's always going to end with Steve and Wonder Woman. Give me a smooch, baby. And you're like, what did we learn here? What 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 happened? And yeah, like you said, it just wasn't played. The tone was wrong for what you were doing. And then by the end, things were kind of just thrown at you. Uh, the next story, I just kind of didn't understand most of it. It is a Loose Lips written by my man, Mark <laughs> Russell. Eric, me and Mark Russell continue our war against each other that he does not know he's involved with. You're a psychopath. Art, art by uh, Nick. Varela? I'm telling you, I'm having problems. I can't see anymore. Ramallah Fajardo Jr. and Wes Abbott. Some of those I see like one word, and I'm like, that better be Wes Abbott. And it is a story that is Amanda Waller, uh, that she's, you know, she's always Amanda up to Waller no good. And, and Perry White. And Perry White is there, At a too. restaurant on Valentine's Day, but not for the smooching. They got some serious stuff to talk about, some serious journalistic stuff to talk about. Because what is this I hear? The Suicide Squad, our government, is invading foreign soil. I have proof. And you know what? I'm going to release this unless you tell me what you've done with my news reporter, Lois Lane. We, we don't have Lois Lane. Well, I got this information here, and if you don't do it, I'm going to release this. Excuse me. I just spilled coffee all over me. I have to leave my information right here in front of you, which it just the idea Amanda that she instantly too smart. It. She instantly checks it as she should and says, oh, no, there, there's only vacation photos here. We, they don't have any real evidence that we've invaded, but I don't even understand how this whole thing is because this is a ruse by Lois Lane and Perry White to try to get information out of Amanda Waller to break this huge story open about, you know, the government, Argus, Task Force X, invading foreign soil, doing all this other stuff. And it ultimately means nothing because it's actually going on this very second. It actually wouldn't even happen yet in my mind by the time they sat down to have this talk because it's going on this exact same moment. They have killed the president of this foreign country. As they are having coffee and discussing this, so I don't even know where they got the information that they're trying to blackmail Amanda Waller out of at this point. I just know that I'm wondering where Mrs. White is at this point, or do we not have a Mrs. White at the uh, Flashpoint anymore? I don't recall. Yeah, yeah. I, even with the point where it's Lois Lane, this isn't just you know anybody else. Plus, you have an Amanda Waller who seems to know the connections and things like that. Where she says at one point, "Ah, Perry, you lose." You know, journalist all the time. <laughs> like, no, no, it's Lois Lane. There's, there's bigger things than that. But even with that, you have a couple good jokes by Mark Russell. You end up having, you know, Harley where a guy's coming at, at Boomerang with a gun. She's like, watch out for the knife. He goes, that's not a knife. That's just not to a get knife. the line. That's pretty good. But I, I know. also, I just I want also, to hear you say it. 
I also like the idea that Perry and Amanda Waller both are so busy in their lives that they don't even realize, especially Perry, that today this deal was Valentine's oh, Day around news, it. Man. So when they go to this restaurant, Perry's like, I didn't know well, that there was going to be all this Valentine's It wasn't like this here yesterday. <laughs> that made me laugh. That actually made <laughs> me laugh a lot. But the idea that you're having this cat and mouse back and forth, like you said, the things that Perry are saying are completely true. But you want to know where where Lois Lane is. They say we don't have Lois, but it's because they don't, because she's the waitress. But even then, you end up seemingly having Perry leave that drive. He's like, I have all the information about you on this drive. Oh, my God, the coffee leaves the drive so that Amanda Waller inserts it into this black box thing that she ends up so nothing can work around them, no devices or anything that must end up infecting the system to get them to be able to tell. I don't know because what ends up happening is Perry says that Amanda Waller is on walkie talkies that have a 20 meter range that means that you're doing something bad close well the bad thing close is that dead shot's about to take a kill shot right into perry's noggin but she also uses that to call out to boomerang and harley in another country so it, it ends up not playing smart within itself but by the end when perry comes back from spilling the coffee on himself seemingly like i said to leave that drive there so that amanda waller inserts it in her device and you can kind of you know end See, up the down thing is, she's too smart for that she would not do that well, that's the Be- thing is i think about this whole idea but you know the, the the ruse who's actually doing what to who here because when he does spill the coffee and leaves his thumb drive behind so she could check it we do find out about at the end of this that the waitress is Lois Lane in the sky. So she's never in any danger. And they talk about the idea that they're recording this whole thing. So they did get the information that they wanted from the conversation with Amanda Waller while she like, you know, said, don't kill him because he actually doesn't have any information on his hard drive that he left behind. Cause he's a big dummy. Yeah. But like I said, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what they got except that also then somehow Lois has a walkie talkie that's able to listen in as well. And plus a giant iPad. That's sitting on that garbage can. I, I And then you, oh my God, it was. Is that an it's, iPad or a Zoom? I, look at that. I don't know what it is. It, it's humongous. It might be a I feel like I had an MP3 player like that yeah. back in 2004. It's, it's humongous. Uh, but again, is that because it's old school and was able to, I don't even know what is it doing. What is it playing or playlist? Like, no, no, I'm saying that right there is the audio of what Perry and Amanda Waller were talking about. Yeah, but it's weird the idea of what, because there's no audio, there's just seems vibrations, but then you end up having Lois also at the walkie talkie. He's not a bad kisser either. Audio only mode. Him that she says to him with a, a what's it called a walkie talkie that is exact brand and make like they ended up going and buying that as well it just and everybody's a dummy it seems in this and then you have that's the, how everybody is going. on Valentine's Day they're just a bunch of mm. fools in love because at this one they point did in time smooch. we have Perry White and Amanda Waller smooching hardcore and it feels really weird and out of place almost like in the Superman like Batman comic which they made um. What was that Batman Superman Public Enemies movie out of it? At one point when President Luther's right there, he's jacking himself up with his concoction to make himself super strong. And he sees a man who just starts tongue kissing her right there. <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm all Give jacked me the up tongue, on this. Baby. And I'm telling you, she's just standing there shocked. But at least this time it seems like Amanda Waller's all down with it and doesn't have to go to HR yeah. about it. I, I think the whole deal of this is supposed to be the there's their one moment to let themselves go for that one point in one day. And now it's back to business. 
And look at Perry. He's all flustered afterwards. I'm actually but curious if we've seen Perry's wife since the New 52 because Perry was married before. I just don't know how it transferred over because I don't know a lot about what Perry's been up to through this whole run it's since 2011. Smooch, I mean, the guy's allowed to smooch, right? Everybody likes to smooch. And, uh, but yeah, and Perry lives probably because he's a good smoocher. And then again, and he though, has no if, information. Again, like we were saying, as we don't know some of these stories, when, how, or what, well, dead shots in that. So this would definitely be, if you're going to put a time frame, it would be a little before. So you go off then. I don't to, know what you're talking about. Dead shots still alive in my mind. Yeah, you're, you're not going with that. We go to the next story. How dare you kill dead shot? A Tale of Two Titans, written by Marquise Draper, art by our man Pop Man, colors by Chris Sotomayor, and letters by Rob Lee. And this is a Wallace West story with uh, you end up having him going on a date with Emiko while Avery, the other Flash there, is there with them. They're best friends, but they're not. And she also is in the friend zone. It's nice enough. There's not a ton to this, but it's nice. You get the to see I the like Titans actually doing that, something nice. Well, that's the thing is this feels like it is important because it's going with current continuity with what we have with Wallace West and Emiko Queen with the relationship that they're working on. Even what we're seeing in, you know, uh, Future State right now where, like, she has a kid Flash or just a Flash tattoo commemorating the love that she had for Wallace West and she wants to take, you know, revenge on Wally for killing him because he took him away from him. I'm like, we are leading ourselves this way. And I like this rela- relationship. And this is like the first state scenario. So even though it's a little cokey, doesn't do too much, it feels it's more important nice. than most things. And here's the thing. There's not a ton of people who like the Teen Titans book. Now, that's what I'm afraid of, because a lot of people ditched that book because it was so dark. But if you stuck with it, this is actually a nice deal that you get to see. Now, I wish Roundhouse was in it, not just mentioned. That would have been fun, too, with an idea of him and Crush. They they're they're, they're great together. I'm de- no, I'm saying with Crush. Oh, and actually they're great talking together. about the idea, too, that we have, you know, Crush and Emiko talking about these are the BFFs getting while Emiko's getting ready. They're like, you know, Crush is giving her, you know, hints and tips on what to do, what not to do, how to dress, how not to dress. And for Wallace, instead of, like you said, not having Roundhouse, he has Avery, the, you know, the kid Flash of China or the Flash of China. And they, they are good friends because they are part of the Flash family and stuff like that. They have a history together. And I do like the ending of this because it will lead the drama, hopefully later on in the Teen Titans Academy or the Flash book. Where it seems that Avery does have, you know, feelings for Wallace and she is the third wheel. She is in the friend zone. She's the friend she zone. And she knows Golden like Glider she has feelings. calls her out too. Oh, that that made me Glider. laugh, right? Golden Glider. They were the worst part of this is you end up having Blue Snowman. I gotta process this, go off. You end up having Mirror Master Gold Glider. They're going to get married. They want to get their marriage license, and they only have like fifteen minutes left. And they don't get it. Right? Well, no, Somebody's going to have second thoughts. Is, I actually am very upset about this because I feel like Golden Glider, she had like smartened up since that. The last time we had that, you know, King Cold thing when she turned against the rogues because her brother went crazy. Like Mirror Master screwed them over before and went and did other stuff. And she's like, I thought they were finally done with this romance. But it seems like he put on the freaking the moves, put on some good cologne or whatnot. I'm like, OK, baby, let's get married. All right, let's go do it. Yeah, and they were going to get married. And they back can't. Bad, well, that's the thing, influences. though. They only have like four minutes or so. They have five minutes at that point, actually, they say, to go and get that. She, he wants to get there because she is going to think <laughs> second thoughts again and they get married. I do like when they're like, hey, what time is it? I don't know. There's the clock right behind them. And that's where Mirror Master's like, oh my God, go glider. There's a clock right there. We got to get in there. They leave them. I was like, at least let them get married. I thought that we we're going to see them in shackles. Uh, but the whole deal was Wallace being very glider. nervous. Yeah, 
Wallace being real nervous about, you know, this first date and going and wants everything to be good. And then you also see that Emiko same way. She ends up calling the restaurant to verify their reservations uh, too many times. Love. You young know what happens. I call that love. time and I'm like, hey, I just want to, you know, verify the reservations you gay jim you called us five times stop calling i'm like yeah you, i don't need those reservations anymore asshole and that's what always leads me then to have no other alternative I, i'll have I, I no plan b why you would do this you are the problem in this scenario i'm gonna be caught no i'm calling i'm nervous they can five say, times doesn't matter you are a pest that's what they are. That's a restaurant. They have maybe I forgot. Maybe I'm somebody who has a really Special bad. Needs. I got you. Yeah, no, I have a short term oh. memory problem that I got because I was on the front lines, Eric. I'm a hero. I don't need Stolen them valor. to tell me. I'm not saying the military. That's why I said Stolen front valor. lines. No, I meant that I was in the front line of a. Uh, uh, what's it called? Black Friday at Walmart, and I got trampled, Eric. I got hit. I you hit myself so on the pavement. You never be in the front line. Front that. line, Eric. Slow. Right now, we race right now. I will lap your ass. And I mean, I'll lick you. I'll lick you. I can't. I'm not allowed to go outside. So this race is not happening. Uh, Later, Eric. Later, we will race. You run your mouth. We end up, though, with the date starting out. And I kind of like these stories like this. A lot of people end up upset like, well, I wanted to see how the date went. But that's not the point. The point is the anxiety and there. stuff going. And, and then once you get there. between Avery, Wallace, and Emiko later on for love triangle. And, and that's the thing. Once you get there, you see that they just, they like each other and they fall into it. They've been teammates. And it is one of the things that I'm glad was brought up. Even though, and I like the art except for the end. Wallace looks really like thin and long-necked. I don't know why he has such a long-neck giraffe just the look. Angle. But you end up, though with him being concerned at one point, both of them actually being concerned. We're on the same team. Is this going to cause problems, but they're going to go for it anyway. Eric. Young love, Eric. They learn. They learn like it was it. within them all along. And it, it works with Hormones? a lot of these. A lot of these aren't going to work with the actual uh, continuity of the stories and stuff like this. This actually might even be like a nice bridge between what we ended with the Teen Titans book going into Titans Academy, like you said. So I think that that's pretty good. Next story is a Harley Quinn and Poison ivy story called the beginning written by tim seeley art by rebecca isaacs colors by kurt michael russell eric that's like kurt russell but he can't go by that so it's kurt michael russell right and letters by travis lanham somebody's like kurt russell's in comics and he's just a colorist what's going so, on i don't know he has three first names i don't think she go with that she did a kurt m russell yeah, um, you can't trust people with three first names uh-huh. that's, that's the truth well you, like you start- too You start this off, and I actually, when I first went through this, I thought that this was a kind of a play on, you know, the whole Bat-Cat stuff. Also, the annual two, you do end, but you end up, you know, having a little bit of a discussion on when they first met, when they did, very similar. And then at the end, you have them dying, but coming back in a different way. It's very much like that annual two in my mind that I thought it was going to be like one of those Tim, uh, Tim, Tom King futures that we've had going with this whole thing. And I was afraid of that. Of us going through the life of of them knowing each other, Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn, and to the point where, you know, Harley is on her deathbed and Poison Ivy is there with her talking about the good times. Because then we we go past the things we do know. We go into some really hokey, some weird futuristic shit to the point where they are still together and they're like, you know, she is dying and we can live on forever. I can give you this and we can become part plant. But the problem with this, plants don't have the memories that, you know, biological human beings do. Are you willing to take this? And the thing is, 
I will take this because I will be reborn. I'll be regrown into something new. And while I may not remember you, I feel that I will. And I'm just going to try to find you sooner in my life this time. There's no way I'm taking that. I'm not taking that shit. There's no way. Uh, But in this, I thought it was going to be hokey because I'm like, okay, I paged through it a little. I saw what we're getting here. Uh, I hope it's not like over the top like that. But it wasn't. It is, but it's hokey in a nice way. I'm going through is like, okay, you're like the first time they came together when she was, you know, Dr. Harley and Quinzel. And like, she's trying to psychoanalyze Poison Ivy going to the point where she becomes the the clown prince of crimes, you know, like girlfriend, her his mall baby. And we have them going up against Batman and Robin. But when I look at this, Mike Harley Quinn should not have been around for a Dick Grayson Robin and leading into a Dick Grayson Nightwing. Caring about that, Eric. I I mean, you're looking too much into that. Or I say that he's just borrowing a costume. That is Tim Drake. They go into the Legion of Doom and they actually end up stopping the end of the world by taking out the clones of the Batman who laughs. Like, there's no way in my mind a a Legion of Doom that's led by Lex Luthor or Brainiac or anybody who's been involved in anything would try to resurrect the Batman who laughs. Now, again, though, we talk about all the things. I don't think so i think that it's just goofy and and the jokers are the joker would not allow that shit to go down if i'm tim seeley and you throw shade at me like you are right now after i punch you out when you wake up and you said well this stuff isn't right i'd say no 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 what's happening here is harley has dementia this is how she's remembering it ivy's being nice to remember like she did going along with these stories just so that she can give her the pill and you're making up reasons to like i'm saying you could Uh, This is the thing, though. The idea of this is so in the future that, yeah, they might you might not say they would do that, but it hasn't happened. This is just like any sort of possible future when you do get to the Legion of Doom and stuff like that. I could just say that that happens 10 years from now or whatnot, because they are telling a story of their whole life going back, you know, years. They look like they're like 67 years old. And the one scene that we have where it's the girl Ivy and Harley. Yeah, the girl Robin. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is. And also, again, if you want to play off that annual two, Tom King said that was an Elseworlds. That wasn't even on it. So you can play that as well. But oh, I great. did like it. I did like the way that That's all this goes engine. on. But also we even the see like stuff. I yeah, well, they were gonna do it. They stopped them. Man, eh, might be. Get Joker. Uh, but yeah, so when you're even doing the stuff and going that, on, <laughs> we have a bunch of things going, like we always say, that a race would be kind of in with Ivy with her whole deal and his deal, and they're shaking hands at one point. I like at the one point well, they even point get too, nods. It does, fe- it does feel like the, the Harley Quinn cartoon where they want to be yeah, in the Legion you get of Doom. This whole to the idea. Cartoon. Exactly. That's the whole thing that I felt from this whole idea because it does even have to have this cartoony kind of like feel of the, that and cartoon you have for the way it's the, drawn here. You have the guy traps too. And and even when you end up having the first deal where Harley is psychoanalyzing, you know, Ivy and talking about the Joker and you have Ivy rolling her eyes, it's very, very much of the cartoon there. Now, I guess that if this would have been like a black label, you would have had over the top F-bombs too. But I actually like where Harley's crying and Ivy's just like patting her on the head because she does while she still has the blueprints in her hand because she's still only caring about the heist and then says, yeah, the guy traps. They, they kind of ended up doing more to cover you. And I thought that was really funny. The Venus and, guy traps. I like yeah, that. I thought that was great. And, and yeah. And so, like you said, 
it's very much the cartoon deal. So if anything, like I said, maybe after you wake up from Tim Seeley punching you out, he'll say, ah, it's kind of playing off the cartoon. I do like when you have Batman shaking his fist in anger because they're getting away. Like even that is over the top. And then you end up having Dick Grayson Nightwing where he's got the, the lipstick, the Ivy lipstick on. He's just like thinking, huh? Because they said they were going off to sleep together and that ended up mesmerizing dick grayson <laughs> look at that smile i can He's understand like, oh, yeah oh that was understand. cool and yeah sure, I, I, was, anyway you tell it we just wanted to I get thought home it was so a lot of crawl into bed together <laughs> yeah yeah and and with that and then I'd you really, did that night yeah i got yeah, the worst yeah. rash ever i know and there's but then you get the next part of that that's like going the next level then you were immune to me so that we could touchy touchy i thought that, oh, yeah, that was a pretty cool idea we talked about that before when we brought up the idea whether or not she was still immune, immune yeah, to yeah, toxins immune. and poisons because of you know hanging out with ivy and stuff like that whether that's still in the continuity at least in this it is and i thought that was a like you could just go with the you know the the joke deal well we slept together and i got the poison ivy everywhere every crack oh my god but it was that idea well then we could be together because you were immune i thought that was good and not really familiar i'd not really heard us say rebecca isaacs that much for an artist i don't, I don't recall think us having it. that i think the art is really good i like this art a lot in right. that cartoony way if you have the right character i think that it could really really work with that art that's pretty cool but we go to the next one and as you can tell like i said we were enjoying this more than we usually do these type of books. Because you we say get that the- about the idea of Rebecca Isaacs and the cartoon in this, but even when you get to the end, when you see Harley's on her deathbed and Poison Ivy's there at her bedside talking about the idea of being reborn, the art style shifts because with all the flashbacks and stuff they're talking about, they're, it the is cartoony over the top deal, kind yeah. of cartoony stuff. But when you get to the actual you know, tear-wretching moment, it, 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 the style changes and it is more serious and I still enjoy yeah, it. it is. Change.org. I'm going to start doing a petition for her to be on the Harley book when we come back in March. Riley Rossmo. Anybody. I'm sorry, but Riley my Rossmo. man. I'm sorry, my man. But we end up, the next story is a Hawkman Hawk woman story that you got to watch yourself now. Well, you got to watch yourself now with everything that's gone down with that, you know, the redoing and all that with the Robert Venditti book. Anyway, I wish I had the soundbite, but this just isn't a story anyway. So it's together forever, Kevin. Well, that's the thing writing. is, I don't even know what you have to watch anymore because nothing that he did contradicts anything you can do going forward. Because you know, when uh, Robert Venditti did the definitive origin of Hawkman, and then they died, and then they you know went back in time and, and put in the you know the bodies of Carter Hall and Shire Hall, you know, and um, they are archaeologists back in you know World War II, part of the JSA. But by the end of that series, it seems like they're going to live forever. I'm like, would they just live on and then you know have the same continuity through normal times? But we haven't seen them. Have they been ducking out this entire time, kind of like Clark Kent was during you know Super like the what was that The Adventures of Lois and Clark? What was that book called? The it was The Adventures of Lois and Clark. I believe was that Lois, what it was? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. That book before Superman Reborn or was Superman Lois. It was Superman, Superman Lois, Lois and Clark. Clark. Yeah. Whatever that book where we had the the pre Flashpoint Lois and Clark living on a like a New Fifty Two Earth, and they had to lie low this entire time because there was already another Lois and Superman. So you kind of have to do that with Hawkman, but never really going to talk about it because it goes way too much into it. Nobody's going to understand what's going on. Yeah, but that book gave us John, Eric. He was such a cute little kid learning those Convergence powers, right? gave us John. Learning those powers. But it was still Tomasi both ways. That's why we got that book, because it was good. But this story, 
Ah, <laughs> I have I don't even know what's going We've got on. An alien ship that's heading towards Earth. We have to go and st- break into this thing to change the traje- trajectory. I can't talk. And when we do this, we find out we can't change the trajectory. And in this, we have two people, two aliens, and they are in stasis. And they seem like they've been here for a thousand years. Well, what are they doing? It seems like they just wanted to try something new and get out in the world. And I'm sitting here like, all right, you know what? Well, Shire, you and I. We have had a lot of experience. So let's just give them what they want because now they're coming out of their freaking alien comers and they're like, oh my God, they're going to attack. Well, if I take these wires and stick them in my head, they can relive our memories and they're going to go back to sleep and they're going to say, thank you. Thank and you. for like, some reason, even though they're asleep and you know we couldn't change any trajectories, their ship changes trajectory and we're all good. They've never in their lives ever like, crashed into suicide Earth. suicide run? I don't know. It's one of these things where I don't know what to get from this. Either the idea of these aliens and, oh, my God, did you see the look of love in their face? No, I didn't. I saw ugly-ass aliens, you know, crying like, to crawl and jab at me. I don't even know why they wake up at this whole thing because Carter's are like, it's not, it's not just navigation. The sensors are offline. They've been receiving nothing but static for seven hells for 10,000 years. But now they're awake and they got fucking Hawkman memories going on. Listen, and and here's the deal. Me and you, Eric, you're my lover, right? We love each other. Me and you are, you know what? This podcast and stuff, we've been doing this too long. We need to change. Ruben invites us over for some fucking home movies of his that's not gonna that end up awful. making me feel that's what this is he ends up plugging it he only puts those things on his forehead and then they get host they get to see hawkman and hawkwoman home movies right. what is this gonna change the their idea they, yeah, they're like i this doesn't change anything we want to do something new not see your Maybe they'll appreciate that sky like, tyrant bit Next, their eyes are going to rain because he's looking at the mind movies, Eric. I don't understand. And then all of a sudden, they're awake, then they're not. Now they have all these memories. I like to imagine their freaking stasis comas all like changing television channels. Like, do you want to watch Hawkman and Hawkwoman on Krypton, on Earth, back in the Old West, on Thanagar? Which Hawkman and Hawkwoman do you want to watch tonight? Yeah, which one? Yeah, it's the interdimensional Hawkman cable. I I think that what's going to happen is they're going to go back to Earth. They're going to come out of the ship, demand that they're Hawkman and Hawkwoman woman and then just get killed they're gonna jump off a building they don't got wings and they ain't gonna fly Actually, they're gonna crash that, that right into the ground continuation the story that would never happen the that idea would be that my, they think that would that be my continuation carter and shayara oh and they get a hold of a harness all that shit they, they come down and they're the villains and then we realize holy shit because just imagine them right there with the hawk stuff on it would look pretty cool because they kind of look like they got bird heads eric so we we can have some beats. shit going they look like groot as a bird, and then we'll do it. Somebody's got to feed them a sandwich, though. You know, don't just give them memories. Feed them a, a bowl of chowder or something. I can see. I don't ribs. know if their body's going to process that over ten thousand mm, years. Seven hills, maybe, Jim. Maybe also, the idea that they did have static that whole time. Their minds are mush. Whatever they no, see, no, the they, white noise kept them asleep. They like that they, shit. Well, I have to use it to read now, Eric. But I don't know that they have my problems. I, I think up, glasses though, should work better for you. Well, that would work. I'm saying that me getting all distracted and all that. Now, now as we speak, I can't I, see I, this book. Better turn <laughs> no, on the white noise. You are no, new doctor, no. sir. As you can see, I I have been. A, I've I've magnified this so big now, so I can read these. But yeah, just the idea of white noise for ten thousand years. All of a sudden, Seven boom! Hills. You end up being just. Pretty much mind brain- brainwashed to to think you're Hawkman and Hawkwoman. Go with it. Let's go. We're gonna have this in my next book called Hawkman. Back for 
good. I don't know what it'd be called, Eric. I'm never good All with right. that. Birds but yeah, of a feather. Yeah, and, uh, birds, <laughs> it's like alien prey. How about that? That'd be good. That's pretty good. And the next one, though, but this was called Together Forever because then afterwards, like, oh, my Forever. God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, Carter. How did you think to press those those wires up to your those noggin. wires to your forehead? <laughs> I thought I'd just give it a shot. You, you know. know? And they're like, oh, man, thank God you got the mind moves. But you go to the next story. Come on, Hawkman, do better. It's something weird because Rob Gilroy uh, has a art style. Is, is this somebody? Because I don't recognize the name uh, that either. But boy, is that, that how you spell Gilroy? I think him and uh, Riley Rossmo can go for you know a little bit of a back and forth here with this art. Because this is a weird look and it threw me off. And the story is really nothing. Well, everybody it's, needs to have representation anymore in all forms of media. So whoever feels like they're an ugly woman, they have bar to look to look up to. Oh anymore. my god, she's! I actually just don't even like the way that Scott looks. He looks weird. Everybody's going, but you have anniversary written by Regine Sawyer, art by Rob Gilroy. Uh, what a nothing of a story. And letters by Pat Bruce. So that's my biggest problem. It ends up where you know you have an anniversary coming Scott up. Valentine's anniversaries coming up, boys, and then we're gonna you know Scott's already gone out there and got her nice bracelet to celebrate the big day. And the female furies show up. They fight. They break the bracelet. Oh no! Happy anniversary. They go back to apocalypse. You know what, Scott? I really do think they were just here to say happy anniversary. There's that's a bunch the way of they do it. I like the idea that they're walking down the street shopping and somebody's like, hey, look, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Look at – no, no, no. That's just another real short guy with a tall lady. That's what they say. How dare you put down Nicole Kidman like that? (laughs) Oh, I'm elevating her because she's tall. But you end up with this thing going. She doesn't seem that much taller. If you look at the first paddle here, the first page, they almost seem like they're neck and neck. Yeah, that's because it's Tom Cruise. He's making everybody, you know, he's on a bunch of fruit crates and stuff there. But you end up where when they kiss, he's a little, t- you know, he's on his tippy toes. You know that. But I yeah, want a bigger bar. You end up having the Furies come and they do such things as, you know, throw shaded organic food. Uh, oh, look at things. End up smashing Man, a glowing some apples. A glowing bracelet, and then they decide then to make jewelry. And I want to ask you, what is the jewelry made of? I don't know. I just think it's regular jewelry. No, because if you look, no, they find the pieces on the ground and pick it up and then make custom-made jewelry. Earlier, you do see the thing that must have broke. Barda has it in her hand, and I don't know if it's a mother box. I well, think it the, might the thing, be. Well, the thing is, you have this, you know, this piece of jewelry. It's a bracelet. It's broken. It's green. And when you pick up the pieces, the pieces are purple, and now they seem to have circuitry in it that are jitsing Go all over the place. Go to page fifty-three. Page fifty-three. I think that the jewelry's the mother box, and that is not well played out. It is very confusing because uh, Barda is holding it. Saying, Harriet, I'm going to break you in half. There's where circuitry and purple pink is. And I never saw that get destroyed. I mean, this is just a nitpick of it, but I think that's what that was. But you would think that they would make it out of that bracelet, but they don't. And it seems to be glowing. And it seems like that will cause a lot of problems down the line. And then they smooch, Eric. They smooch. Ah, uh, yeah. There when was nothing. Barta's, no, like, nothing when do that. you think Barta's mother box got broken? Because that should be a I, terrible, I said, terrible thing. It should be. 
you don't see it. I look. This is what I end that's up what looking that's what I'm so much. Because you know, but when that's Matt what Harry it looks pulls, like. It is when right? Matt Harriet pulls out the bracelet and she knocks the bracelet over. It smashes, and then I told you when Scott picks up the pieces. Now the green bracelet pieces are purple with circuitry, and then we're okay. I'm going to make this into some earrings and a ring with this purple pieces that broke. I don't understand. Is this a coloring problem? Because it's not the, it shouldn't be the mother box. And I don't know how you convert mother box technology into jewelry. Well, jewelry doesn't have circuitry. And the only thing in the whole thing that anybody was carrying was just if, wait. That's, if that's her mother They're box. Us everywhere. Yeah, really. If that's her mother box that's on that page, it's, it's the all same, conspiracy, conspiracy it's the theory same about color. It. And it ends up even having the designs. If you go, even the little circles and stuff that you see in that jewelry, I think that there was a little bit of a mess up maybe. And they combine because you never see it get destroyed. And that would be a big thing. That would be a huge thing. And even at one point, maybe that's why she yells to Scott for him to make the boom tube because her is broke. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. It's, it's, there's something missing. There's nothing going uh, on here. The, what's the missing is show me. A holes and nothing is really, but that's come what out they are. And, and it's everybody just has their own way of saying hello, Eric. Isn't a friend just somebody you haven't slapped before? I heard that once. The next one is Nightwing and Starfire in exposition. X p- position written yeah, by Cinegrace. story either. Uh, Carl Mostert on art. Ivan Placenti on colors and M World Designs letter. Did you have an idea at one point that in a really odd way that Martian Manhunter and Batman were trying to get them back together? Like, oh, let's get these kids back together no, for, I, because I really they send that the, them that off. The world was under attack, and they sent Nightwing and Starfire. Well, that's to what I'm saying. Well, they go there, and it's kind of like not as bad as they thought i thought that this was going to be at the end like oh hey there joe jones we tried yeah these kids they'll never learn it's something like that because they go and it's just like Cinegrace has only come up with a hokey way to get these two together then they're going to end up being infected by this alien that we don't know who it is by a well, mist that, that ends up you, making you tell the truth we don't know anything you have about a giant this. venus fly trap looking you know uh freaking what's it called a little shop of horrors yeah plant it's a little shop of horrors, it's yeah. pushing out all these little tiny versions of itself that are flying around dick and starfire have to take care of it and when they bust them open pollen goes everywhere which makes you fall madly in love or just have these emotions of love i just think it tells you also yeah and and also tell the truth i it's just they're yelling at each other then they're madly in love but dick and stuff you know what oh man i got this pollen up my nose i love you baby and i'm gonna call you babe from now on be really annoying with this and i'm just like yeah why would you go with Nightwing and Starfire? This, like, how long has it been since they've been a thing? I feel like they broke up in the late 80s at this point. Like, why would you want to force this out of all the other things that you could do at this point? And at the end, it's like, hey, Starfire, I'm going to take care of these little guys. I want you to go to the mother over there, and I want you to hit it with all you've got. And then when you start having them go with these ideas of love, like, oh, my God, Dick gets pulled away. And she's like, oh, my God, those were just the babies. Here's the real thing. I'm like, we've already covered that, Sarah Grace. Why would you do this? She even said, like, Nightwing's like, listen, you're better. I'm going to go get the babies. You hit the main deal, the mother. You hit her hard. And she gets mad. And this is what I don't like this play. 
the play is, you know, they're arguing. They're, they they have been a couple at one point. They haven't been. So you end up, hey, you go there. This is just like you all the time. You're always telling me what to do. And you think that I'm this. You think I'm that. And we're going on and on with that. Only then it's like the reverse of what you'd expect. Because then they get the love pollen, the love dust. And now it's like, oh, love baby, pollen give, number give, nine. Me, give me a smooch, baby. But you're not learning anything from this. Like these stories, especially with the space, should be the idea that it is showing the true feelings. Like you find out, oh, my God, you know what, Corey? is upset but she still she uses it to be the barrier so she doesn't fall in love with dick anymore or dick this or that but what the play is is just they're never going to get back together we see that at the beginning they don't they like each other as friends they'll never be any sort of romantic deal only to get the pollen to say i love you let's smooch baby and then they don't and then it's over i mean the, the play of this should be either you have two characters that hate each other and then they get this, and then you find out at the end that Batman's doing things like, oh, my God, you know, that pollen doesn't just make you fall in love. It makes you fall in love with your true love, like some sort of M. Night Shyamalan or something that's funny at the end. It never has that. It, I just it's such a know weird why deal. This giant man-eating plant thing, it's real attack or defense, whatever you want to do it, is it makes its person fall in love with what's yeah, around. Because or they're, they're like- busy smooching. I, I just don't fighting. understand why that does because Starfire then like goes batshit crazy when it thinks that, you know, oh my God, well, you're going to eat my love. That's the mistake. I'm that's kill what you. the thing. It goes against its own deal. I think that this is the alien that prescribes to the old deal. Let's stop a fussing and a fighting and then get it to kissing and the huggins, but then ends up grabbing Nightwing and you've now grabbed what you made the other person want to kill for like it doesn't make I, sense. I agree. And the thing None is, of this makes sense. Is dopey as hell going in. Come back, baby. He's getting sucked into a freaking <laughs> mouth by vines and Starfire's like, that's it. I'm gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> I'm Don't telling you, eat my throughout, throughout all of this, throughout all this, at one point when you end up having him being drawn in, I thought that okay, now we're doing a. This was a black mercy thing. None of this happened. This was all in his. No, no, no. But and, I'm telling and, you, you blast the big mother of this whole thing, and all of a sudden they're instantly cured. I'm like, was the, how was it the mother that was doing this? It seemed to be a separate pollen that was affecting your body and mind. So. Now, okay, we blasted this thing. You don't even get to see it. It's off panel. We just have a gigantic brazong. And then, all right, thank God we don't have a mind whammy anymore. It's good seeing you again. You too. The the thing about it is so funny because you end up where they end up destroying this alien. The alien just wanted to, you know, the hugging and the kissing. Eric, they they did the fussing and the fight. They wanted to do it and the crapping. They end up where Corey's like, man. We said some pretty revealing things while we were under the influence of that spray. No, no, no. You, you kind of just were mind controlled to think you love somebody. And then he's you like, You just hey. sound like young douchebags in love so calling each other babe. Yeah. So then he's like, Nightwing, let's not get into that. And now you see that Cine Grace, it's been bothering him for decades that they didn't get to talk it out at the end of their relationship. They this is again like 30 years to talk this, this is, out. Again, the question nobody asked. I don't need the answer of a question nobody I'm asked. You, and and it's, a, it's, it's a cliche thing, but what we had at that, like the last days of the, you know, New 52 or the DC Universe tie in book, the spinoff of uh, this Death Metal, is all wrong. where we had Dick Grayson and Batgirl talking about the idea of let's get married before we die tomorrow How in the big you? battle and, like, you know, actually show the love we have. Maybe play off that a little bit. I don't know. Just do something that actually feels like it's worthwhile. 
Well, this is not, go for it. You have a setup that could be good for comedy. I well, mean, you have an idea that. where you could have a villain. You, you could end up getting, I don't know, it wouldn't be Blockbuster and Nightwing, I guess, but you end up getting a villain and Nightwing. They both end up in a spot. This thing sprays them. All of a sudden, they think they're in love. And afterwards, they're like, let's not talk about this ever again. And they go, exit stage right, you're done. And it's for gags. And I wouldn't mind that. And then that's where I said, where it's like, oh man, sorry I said that about you. I, you know, it was the plant there. And then we find out at the last deal where batman is doing some things like oh this actually I shows you really love idea of a t- the trigger twins coming out and having a double date with some other villains yeah like something like but that even like you know. said before we got on the idea too of nightwing actually going and seeing that b has moved on from the nightwing book you know and like you know she's Use now this for something else. do something with like this the book, teen Nightwing related that makes sense yeah, like Wallace and Emiko have something with Dick Grayson where like we, we haven't left had Bennett in a bad spot. Dick got his memory back. We're breaking up. <laughs> and what I said was, because I like B, he goes back to the prodigal, but like, hey, I'm going to go and check on her. And she's there and he goes to go in and she ends up having somebody there on a date. And he's like, oh, well, good. Even if she he goes did in this. And then like, she's he, Sean. Like, like you have, you know, matches Malone with a bad man. He goes in with his Freddie DiNardo character undercover and like, you know, does this whole thing. And she still finds out, like, knows it's him because. Because his Freddie Donato character <laughs> is that like terrible. removed from Dick Grayson, but just do something, something that me- makes sense and feels right to Nightwing, at least now. And wouldn't make you smile and stuff. Not this ends years up ago. Th- and and the idea again, they start off where they're not under any influence or whatnot, and they're yelling at each other. And this is why it didn't work. And you wanted to go off and be Batman's, you know, prodigy. You went and then says that, oh man, the pollen. No, 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 that was before that, and whatever. But you get the next story, Sergeant Rock in Able, and it's by Porn Sack. I don't know any other way I can pronounce that, Eric. Porn Sack. <laughs> Pistol shot, I'm telling you. Ferran Delgado on letters, and you get a Sergeant Rock story back in the war, Eric, and they got to get over a bridge to save a double agent, this woman who, for no, some no, we reason. No, get over the bridge to get to the generals with this German double agent. Well, with this German, you have to save this, this German double agent who, for some reason, I thought they were playing some multiverse thing and it was going to end up being Barbara Sergeant Gordon. Rock is I don't hanging know out with Able Company and they're Sergeant Gray, and they get shit done over Able Company. Yeah, Able Company. They're, they're Able, Eric, and they're going to do this, but there's. They're, they're sleeping off the night. They're going to go the next day. They're going to run out. They're going to have to get over a bridge and they're going to be, you know, pretty much shot at. They right don't think the they might make it. They don't have enough time to go the long way because they got to get this information get that info. this German redhead needs to get at Anya. a specific time. Anya has this thing and they're going to have an invasion like, you know, too quick. So they have to go do this. They don't know what to do. And what you end up having is one of the guys, Fleischer, he ends up deciding that the only way that they're going to be able to survive this going across the bridge on foot is to go and blow up this tank. There's the big thing. This tiger tank is going to rip them apart. It could probably just blow up the bridge if it really did. And so they have to get rid of the tank. So what he has to do, because you end up having our main fella here that is there with uh, Sergeant Rock, this other sergeant there, and I'm, uh, Sergeant, sergeant Gray. Gray. For some I'm reason, sorry, I yeah. couldn't remember his name. Sergeant yeah. Gray. He's like, okay, we're just going to do it. We're going to give it our 
all, whatever. I don't want anybody else dying. You even have at points where this flesh is like, I, I don't think this is going to listen. I don't want anybody else dying. You get the idea. A ton of people died. It's almost the, you know, the saving private Ryan when they end up getting, uh, you know, private Ryan, they've already lost a lot of guys. So we have to finish this mission or else those guys died in vain. So they're going to do this. And through the whole time, Sergeant Brock thinks that gray has the eyes for this double yeah, agent, this redhead. He's all yeah, into that. Yeah. He keeps, he keeps looking over at to her while she's sleeping. I can see love. And you end up having that Fleischer is guarding her throughout that. And they even say, you know, they must really trust her. They think that she's on the up and up. They, te- they keep guard on her. Either Fleischer or Gray are always guarding her. And I see Gray always looking over there at her. So I think that he has the love tones for her. I don't know why I said tones. <laughs> That's my new saying. Love I, got tones. The love, I got the love tones. And so Fleischer ends up, and this is where... You end up having, and it's very similar to the Blue Snowman deal because there's little setup, and some of it's very confusing. Me and you had totally other ideas about what happened. I thought that Fleischer ended up hitting some random guy, but it ended up being gray. You thought that they were supposed to go or even have the tank. I thought they were tank, taking the tiger, or the, the, tiger I mean, yeah. the tank over the bridge, and, this whole thing. But that, no, we yeah. have to take out the tank in order to get through the bridge because if we don't take out the tank, everybody's a freaking sitting duck for this tank if we're trying to cross this bridge. So that's the first thing but with all the germans around it is a death sentence and that's the whole thing too when we're going back and looking at it before we got started again the whole town once i is realized occupied I by germans right? what i think is going on not, not even just occupy it you have this going on gray thinks that you know i'm gonna be the one to do this i'm sergeant gray this is my company able company i'm gonna go out there i'm gonna take this boy for everybody else fleischer knocks his ass out and fucking does it but it seems like he's really just screwing everybody over anybody moves and i'm plugging the floor uh, floor line got it and the whole thing is and he takes you know the grenades that gray was holding and then runs off good because that tiger's mine follow me i'm like what a strange progression it's such a weird deal because i thought that he was go like i'm gonna report you guys i'm gonna go because again i don't even think that it's really well played out that they're holed up in this basement where the germans have the whole town occupied so whenever they go out they're gonna get attacked it's gonna be this fleischer in the actual story not the one that we're playing in our head Eric, because i was confused fleischer does not want gray to die he's gonna sacrifice himself to destroy this tank and and gray was gonna do and even cause a distraction so that they can do because he's in love with Gray and Gray's in love with him. Now, I really thought by this is like, okay, that does work, I guess, but maybe you should have given Every it a try. All Sergeant of you, Rock I, looked yeah. at Gray, taking sneaking glances over at the floor. The, I can't even say floor line. I can't Froil, say Fraulein. Fraulein. God. Fraulein. Every time he thought he was taking like eyeball peeks over at, you know, Anya there, he was actually looking at Fleischer and Fleischer was, was looking, looking at back at him. And now Gray has to deal with the loss of somebody he loved at the time when you weren't allowed to love somebody in the military like this. And this is such a weird thing because you have a Sergeant Rock story where you have Sergeant Rock saying, all right, that's Sergeant Gray. He loved Fleischer. I can understand love and I can understand that these two men loved each other at a time where this isn't really what's going on in the world. But I'm sitting here, I'm like, that's fine and all, but this is a Sergeant Rock story where he's not the main character. When you have actual characters in the DC universe, superheroes that people can actually relate to and stuff like that, that you could have done. Like, 
have Apollo Midnighter story, someone got Pied Piper and, you know, uh, Captain Singh, something that goes on here. Bunker. We could have had a cool Bunker story if you want to go this whole thing, like, you know, having, a, like, two men in a relationship, but this is so weird to set this in World War II. Sergeant Rock's telling a story about when he understood love. I was waiting for the idea that it, it shows, you know, Sergeant Rock's a gruff guy, but he's accepting all that. Where I had a problem with is just the idea that when you end up having Grey go and hug Fleischer and ends up saying only love raises doubts like that, only love and not getting a fair chance to share it, dot, dot, dot. I'm good with that. I understand what's happening. I understand that they loved each other. I'm good. I think that's a really good ending with that where Rock's just sitting there and maybe you have, you know, Gray look up and he gives them the, the nod and they walk off because they still have to go and do their job. But then it's the next bit that actually throws me off like because I girls? think that, yeah, he ends up where, yeah, it says, do you like girls? The doctor asked him that when he enlisted, Rocket laughed at their clumsy attempts of weeding out the sexual psychopaths. I'm like, that that seemed too much right. for me. It seemed like you're explaining it too much and then going the opposite way when you ended up, most people reading this would already get the idea. You're in World War II. You, you have a very like manly man, Sergeant Rock, who you might think might not accept that. But when he ends up seeing this and gives him the nod or whatever and just realizes and says that, unfortunately, they didn't have enough time. Because he's that already is, talked about how great Sergeant Gray is and how great Abel Company is under his command. So when you have this whole thing with the acknowledgement that he has here, I'm like, you're right. That should be well enough alone. Let's not talk so about if, how things I'm are when you want to list. No, it, when it ends with only love races, to, like you end up having the full deal where as you go, it says, you know, Gray was constantly stealing glances in Anya's direction and all that. But only love raises doubts like that. Only love and them realizes, oh, my God, you know, they and hey, I accept that. And those these are good guys. It's so really weird too because when they hero. get Anya on the raft to send her away to get to central intelligence, it seems like she's almost spurned the fact that how oh, he wasn't in the <laughs> Yeah, she looks pissed. I just, I, I think it just went that step too far. Is all I'm saying is that it, I didn't need to get that. You know, the gut punch after the three gut punches that were more of a feels type deal where you do feel bad when you are actually going through this and like, Oh my God, that's why he wanted to do it because he wanted Fleischer to live, but Fleischer couldn't stand for that. And they both, I would have gotten that on you. Hey, tell us the info. We'll write it down. You go and take that <laughs> tank. We don't need you. You double crosser. Uh, but yeah, I really what thought talk, what that are you talking about? she is doing us a service. She is a German translator she, who's working with the French. And you you think that she's on the up and up? She's I going do. to give you false information. You can't trust a turncoat like that. There's, you know, and then they they even go with a little bit later with the idea. And I I think that what you're getting, you need a little more fleshed out because even the idea of talking like, hey, when you go back to the states, when she gets back there, they're going to give her a new name. They're going to do this, yeah, and yeah. they're going to even with the accent, she's, she's German, but she'll be able to be okay. But those two, if they go home, they're not going to be able to do that. They're not going to be able to just go to their life because it's not accepted. And I would have liked a little more of that fleshed out as we went with it because I think that's what it was playing at. You know, she can do all the stuff well, yeah, be a German the and go idea back. Because he said even the whole thing, like, look, her accent, she's still going to be German. You can't escape what you're born as. People are going to look but, at well, you that's differently. That's what I'm saying. But she's going to be allowed that chance. And he, they are not going to be able to. I'm saying the, the government will give the chance, but the people around won't get – he allows he crowd 
go back to where you came from. I'm telling you, she can come right here, go to Lancaster, and she'll have the same accent as everybody does at this moment with that Pennsylvania Dutch deal. They'll hook her up, Eric. But yeah, I think that it was also just the idea. You could be the worst of the worst and be pretty much a Nazi, but if you do something good at the end, you'll be accepted. This guy, Fleischer, he ends up giving up his life, and he still wouldn't have been accepted with the deal. So, But I liked it, but it, it went too far. It went too far with this whole deal with why did we need to know that when Sergeant Rock was enlisting, they asked if he likes girls. And it just it really almost seems like when you have a comedian and he's got to explain his jokes and it just that's not the right way to do it. So we go to the last story and I still like the story enough. And actually, so when funny, I, I thought my, this was the last story. I almost closed the book. I realized there's one more because I didn't realize that there's a John Stewart story at the end. Yeah. When I got my head around what was going on, actually, in the story, because it was a little confusing, I did like it a little well, more. Nice but Yeah, the next one is the heart wants, Eric. And you know what the heart wants. It's whatever it can't get usually. But it's a John Stewart fatality story written by John Ridley, art by Amin K. Noapolon, colors by June Chung, and letters by Steve Wands. It's such it's a okay. weird thing because I actually really like this story. The problem is I just is, like it to bring this up again. this story six years ago. That's yeah, how well, long that's we've been sitting I, on this resolution where we find out that everything that fatality, the person like, you know, who goes around killing Green Lanterns because John Stewart let her home planet die, leaving her to be the sole survivor of her planet and John Stewart's reason why it was destroyed. She hated Green Lanterns throughout the 90s. She went after Kyle Rayner in the 90s and like, you know, like came, became a star sapphire and he thought things have changed for her at this point because she started to have feelings for John Stewart, only to find out later on in the New 52 era of the Green Lantern Corps series that she was actually reprogrammed. She was yeah, brainwashed by the Zamorans to have this love connection with him. And when she took the ring off, she realized, oh my God, you are a piece of shit and I still hate you. Here she is now on the planet Zamoran again. Heartbreaking, Eric. She is a crystal being re-brainwashed by these goddamn monsters. And the John is here to say, you release her, let her go, or I'm going to st- you know, take all of you out. And it becomes this big thing because – they are still connected, but like whether it is something that y'all or a fatality still actually feels and deep down, or is the connection to the Star Sapphires, he doesn't know, but there still is this connection. And I like this. I only wish we would have gotten it six years ago because it feels so out of place now. It does. But you know why I think it's good? And I think John Ridley does a good job with this is because of the idea that I think a lot of people won't even know. They'll just go and maybe this will get them to go up because it's interesting enough just to kind of go through. And you might be a little confused, like, what's going on? What are they talking about? You know, you, you should know the basics deal with the John Stewart blow up the planet, all that. But I and think they, that they this might. That out here. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That That you get. I think that maybe this will be people saying, now I wish that he said fatality at least once so that people, if they do look it up, they well, might be able to find John things Stewart and stuff. called John Stewart and fatality. Yeah, I know. But when in the actual deal, yeah, actually, I didn't even see that it said that in the uh, credits deal. So that's cool. Uh, but yeah, with this whole going on, I hope that people would check things out and, you know, maybe find out some things because they do have a pretty uh, good you know, well, it's a compelling story because the whole idea is that you had this whole like you know, rivalry, this dynamic for you know going on two decades for the idea of this fatality. She became a yellow lantern at one point, so she can continue on to kill Green Lantern, especially when they came back. And this whole idea that when she became a Star Sapphire, she was working with the Green Lantern Corps, 
and doing all this stuff with John Stewart. And like they developed this relationship and John did feel this connection that they had only to find out that she didn't feel any of this. She was, you know, forced the, like this whole idea of them it's being like a robot was forced upon her, like against her will. And she was this uh, pretty much almost like a sex slave. It's, I'm not going to say sex like, slave, but even like it, a sleeper agent that she was programmed so to love him. Will, until... and it feels so weird. This whole di- dynamic because he still feels, and he hopes that somewhere deep down that she feels more than like, you know, just revenge and remorse, but it, is her right as a, a living being to have these feelings in her heart, whether he likes them or not. Yes, I don't want Fatality to try to kill me or any other Green Lanterns anymore, but it is her right to feel that way that she would normally. You can't make her love me. And I'm like, it's a really cool dynamic. And at the end, she's about to cut off his finger like a scissors, Eric, is what I saw. Like, And it's funny because I'm like, when did they say it's they say the Judd Stewart fatality all the way at the beginning. So I hope that people would actually check, you know, when you have the credits page, that's where it's said. It's not actually said in the actual, you know, story there. I was wondering, where did they say that? And then I look back and yeah, it's there. Uh, so you end up having that pretty cool. And it's a, it, it actually shocked me. Like, oh, my God, they're getting back to that. That's pretty cool it's i so like that cool sort of and feel. i just wish it would have been six years ago because i also this want it to relevant. be a little longer but that's just how these things are um but well, yeah like, i wish like that the thing with you know kid flash and you know red arrow maybe this is just a seed of things to come so maybe something the thing that i would have liked though is you know it's a little too late in the game for it like you said six years and so but at one point this would have been a cool miniseries to get this to this point like this story as a you know six issue miniseries of john trying to find her you know getting there finding that they're trying to brainwash her again and they have a point i mean they have a point because they're assholes but they're like no 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 we had to do this before because of your nonsense now we got to do it again i mean really i even like that the the talk that they give john about the idea like how do you know what we have done to her isn't her true self yeah. if you hadn't let her planet be destroyed and she wasn't the sole survivor and just stuck on revenge and remorse? How do you know this isn't the true her that we're doing right now? And like, you, you don't know. And that's you the don't. cool thing. Not even that, yeah. just the idea that we're bringing Star Sapphires back because you haven't seen them in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it was cool. I actually liked it. And yeah, I hope that uh, it does, you know, have something that continues on. We shall see. But that is it. That's the end of it. And now here what I am. You- like John really wrote a really good John Stewart story with a min- minimum amount of page space. He knows the material, the continuity. He knows. Yeah, that all is a stuff. deep dive, actually. And I'm at, like, at you know, Jeffrey point. Thorne's coming to Green Lanterns, and like I've seen what he did with the Green Lantern Future State book, like. I don't want him. I want John Ridley. Like, stop doing the next Batman miniseries or do, do this both. on top of it. Yeah. Do both, Eric. Yeah, do because both. Because this proved to me that, you know, John Ridley knows what's going on with John Stewart at least, but it seems like he knows the Green Lanterns pretty well, and I want to see more of this. Yeah, it's it's like we were saying, you know, when you go into the future state and we get, you know, the Grifter story, he knows, and even the future state Nightwing. Uh, though Tom Taylor is going to be doing Nightwing, so I don't yeah. mind that. But still, yeah, I, I like that. I like that John Stewart, and I thought that he had a good voice for it. Nothing's over the top, except he kept saying Yara all the time. But that's just because he wanted to point out, well, the, now you know, the character. Forward, and stuff. You'll know Fatality's real name. Yes, so so you have that. But yeah, I thought that he actually had a really good voice for John Stewart where in the uh, Jeffrey Thorne's Green Lantern Future State, it's so like over the is. top and just a one dimensional 
thing going on. I, I don't like it at all. Um, but overall, what would you give this? 7.8 out of 10. I really enjoyed eight. this. I, thought I could go to 8. I just wanted to go down I'm going a little bit because I do have a bias against anthology stories like this because for the most – actually, I am going to go 8. Just I'm going 8 because I like that, that Sergeant mattered. Rock a little more and we did have some things that continued and, and mattered. So I thought that was, it was really good. like it was in the current continuity it and would actually me. matter to our characters going forward. So when, yeah, 8 out of 10. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, when I see these things, I'm like, oh, God, I mean, it's it's a lot to talk about. But even so, it these things usually don't pan out. You know, Hawkman was probably one of the worst stories yeah, in here. Was. And I'm just yeah. like, I love Hawkman. Why does he keep getting the shaft? Well, here's the thing. The Hawkman story. The yeah, really. The Hawkman story, maybe the Nightwing Starfire story. That and was bad. And the big bard of Mr. The Miracle big story. The Mr. Miracle. Like the ones that were bad, they just. You could just say eh, they didn't matter much. You know what I mean? You're like, eh, whatever. And even the the Wonder Woman, Steve Trevor one with Blue Snowman, it just we wanted more. Good. We wanted, I, a, I, but we wanted it more. developed. That's what I'm saying. It just was a misfire. It wasn't just like I mean that Hawkman. I just wish just DC weird. comics would have like seen the story and said, you know what? I don't want this in the you know the Love Is a Battlefield Valentine anthology series because I want this taken away and you know developed and worked for the actual Wonder Woman series and do something Man. with Blue Snowman because it would yeah, be really be cool. cool. Yeah, because Blue Snowman. It's funny too because Blue Snowman's such a goofy villain that I think that some people reading this would be like, "Oh, they must have made that up for this. That's too goofy." But it's a really cool, you know, callback. Oh yeah, I mean, like, like a like character said, can't went back to the forties. Actually, you know, created by the creator of Wonder Woman. Yeah, and that that's the fun thing though with you know Infinite Frontiers, and maybe we're seeing a little of that coming up too with everything opening up and doing stuff, and maybe uh, having some cool fun things because that was the thing. Most of these I'm were this fun. This is gonna be my book of the week. You know? Yeah, it might be. It might be. They, don't be afraid. I actually liked it. I was shocked, and I'm glad that we decided to talk about it because we were debating what we were going to talk about, and we just figured we'll do this. So that's that. So everybody, thanks a lot for listening to the Thank Rod It's Friday Ooh-wee. episode. You can then go over to the uh, Twitters at Weird Science DC. What do you get? Bananas? You go don't over there. Around, Jim. Get to it. And if you end up going to the Twitter, I thought you were actually serious. And I'm like, no, he was making a joke. What a jerk. This is uh, all wrong. We, you can go over to the Twitter, W Weird Science DC. Weird Science DC. And what you'd see there is the idea of seeing a Thank God It's Friday post every Friday. Just go for that, Eric. Go for that. Stay for the commentary, I think. And then you can go to our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com. Also go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience, where you get a lot of shows like this one, including our weekly uh, spotlight. We end up having a spotlight by the pick by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Beep, Beep boop. And what did they pick this week, Eric? I know, I'm forgetting. <laughs> Teen Titans and uh, and uh, Kara Zor-El Superwoman. Oh, yes. Yes. You had Future State Teen Titans number two and T- uh, Future State Kara Zor-El Superwoman number two. So that is that. Eric, what do we say at the end? Who you calling Jim Jim Chump? I don't like this. Friday, Friday, Grog. 